praise the Lord this morning. Come on. Come on. I think you can do better than that. Come on. Let's offer him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let's just praise him just a few minutes. Come on. We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you this day. We praise you, Lord God, that your word is forever settled in heaven, Lord God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord God. Father God, that your will is being done here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God, for your spirit being released in this house today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yes, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. How many of you know that the anointing makes the difference? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Without it, no lives are changed. No burdens lifted. No yokes destroyed. But with the anointing, just one touch from the Holy Spirit can change everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. 
Give him praise. Come on, give this praise team a hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated if you can. Thank you so much for being here. We thank you for choosing Gospel Temple this day. We realize that you could have been anywhere, but you chose here. And we're believing God's going to do a great work here. I want to continue speaking with you this morning on the anointing makes the difference. Um, we touched a little bit on it last week. We shared a little bit about David and his situation, about how David was in a position to where he was watching over his father's sheep, unable to do anything about the, the lions and the bears that were coming in, taking the sheep, until one day he was anointed. And then everything changed. When the anointing of God comes on us, things change. We're going to be different. You cannot be the same. Paul said it like this. He said, all who are in Christ Jesus is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That happens at the point of salvation. When we get saved and we become in Christ, God begins to work on us from the inside out. How many of you know a lot of times that when we first, when we first got saved that people didn't see an outward change right at the beginning? But over a period of time, God began to work in our lives. It's because God began to fill us with His Spirit, and when God fills us with His Spirit, there's no room for the things of the world. Amen? We act different. We talk different. We believe different. We have a different belief system. We, we, uh, uh, in times, we have a different faith because our faith, we're not seeing as something that we just believe. We actually, we, we believe it, but we just, we begin to walk in it. See, a lot of times people say they believe something, but if they really believe it, you're going to see change happen. And I want to talk to you this morning because in Psalms 133, 1 and 2, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. See, what the enemy don't want you to know is one of the greatest anointings that we can ever have is the unity that we have with one another. Because the enemy knows that we, he can overcome us at times as an individual, but he can never overcome us as a unit, as the body of Christ. Because we connect together. What I can't do by myself, I can do when I'm connected to somebody else. Because it's like the anointing of God. It is strengthened over a 100 or 10,000 times more when I connect with somebody else. That's the reason that we need the anointing. Look at somebody, look at your neighbor and say, the anointing makes the difference. Say, you need the anointing. I need the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1 and 8, he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Look at somebody and say, I don't want just the Holy Spirit in me. I want him on me.
And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many of you know that God is doing that right now? How many of you know that God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh? He's getting, he's, how many of you know that he's getting his church ready? He's anointing us for a time and a season, and this is the season. How many of you remember the story that when um, Elisha sent to, sent to uh, Samaria to, to find Jehu, and he said, I want you to go there in 2 Kings and verse 9, he said, I want you to go and I want you to anoint Jehu king of Israel. The Bible says that Jehu was sitting around with the commanders of the army and all. And about that time one of Elisha's uh, servants came and showed up and told him and called him. He said, he said, come here. He said, who are you talking to? He said, you commander. And he called him into the room and he went in there and he dumped a horn of oil on top of his head and anointed him king of Israel. And he came out. And when he came out, his associates seen him and he said, they said, what did that madman want? He said, you know him and his babblings. And they said, lie. In other words, they noticed a significant difference in his life because he went in dry, but he came out wet. And there was something that had taken place in his life. And all of a sudden, he said, he anointed me king of Israel. And they said, they, when he come out and said, nothing is happening, at first they said, you're lying, man, because there's something different about you. Something has changed. You went in dry, but now you've come out wet, and you say that there's nothing happening. I'm telling you that when we get in the place of God, sometimes God will take us in a place that we might be in a dry season, but God will take us into the back room and all of a sudden begin to pour out the oil of joy in our hearts and in our lives, and we come out and a lot of times we'll say that we may not think that nothing's really happened at first but people begin to notice when they see the anointing of God begin to flow in your life and they said no something has changed in your life he said well he took me in the room and told me and began to prophesy to me all these things and all these works of Jezebel that she's been doing for all these years have come to an end and God has anointed me to bring an end to it so this is how this this is what we need to do. We need to gird up and we need to go to Jerusalem. We need to go and we need to find her and we need to take her out. And as he was on his way to Jerusalem, the people seen him and they began to come. But there was a turnaround anointing on him. When people go out against you, see when the anointing of God is on our lives, when people line themselves up against you, God will turn it around. They went out against him, but he said, they said, do you come in peace? He said, what do you know about peace? Get behind me. And they turned around and started following him. That's the anointing. See, God has anointed people, and he anoints us in such a way that we can bring change to people's lives. He anointed Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. And he anointed Nehemiah to go back and to rebuild the wall, the, the wall around Jerusalem. I believe that God is calling some men to build some boundaries back in their families. I believe that God is anointing some people with the power of His Spirit to build some, to build a, a walls of, of, a, of limitations in our life that we don't cross. We need to have walls of limitations. 
We don't need to be walking so close to the world that we look like the world. God's anointed us to be different from the world. I'm sorry, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own special people, ones who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We are a different people. I'm sorry, honey, but God has not anointed us to be the same way. He's anointed us to bring change, and change we shall bring with the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Why? Because the anointing makes the difference. We need this anointing. We need it not only to just come on our head. See, we want to come up to the altar at times and just get a little touch of oil on our forehead. No, not in this, not in the way that God wants to do it. God wants to pour it on top of our head so that it'll run down to our shoulders, so it'll touch every fabric of our being and bring a change to every area of our life that is going to move us, that is going to change us, that is going to change our family, that's going to change our loved ones, that's going to change our city that's going to change our nation for the glory of God I refuse to believe that America has seen its best days I believe that God still has something for America to do and it is to have the anointing moving in our hearts and our lives that is going to bring a change hallelujah It's the anointing that's going to bring about this change. It's the anointing. We need our children anointed. We need our families anointed. We need the power of God. We need the Spirit of God to move in our hearts and our lives. We need to stop saying that there's nothing that we can't do. Oh, there's been a long time, and there was a lull in the church for a long time because I can remember a time when people used to talk about the revivals at Azusa Street, and I praise God for the revivals at Azusa Street. I praise God for the Brownsville revival. But I thank God that he is bringing a stirring in my spirit. He's bringing a stirring in this place. He's bringing a stirring in the hearts of people's lives. That's bringing about a change and bringing about a revival that Florence is going to see. That around our region is going to see. That we're going to move in the might and the power of almighty God. Hallelujah. It's not going to be something of yesteryear. It's going to be something that we walk in today. It's not enough to talk about the past revivals. Those were good. They got us to where we are today. But if we always looking back, see, a rear view mirror for your car is made for you to glance back, not to focus on, because you've got a whole windshield in front of you. You've got a bright future. But if you always looking back, you're never going to be able to experience what God has for you here. When Ezra brought the children of Israel, they come out of bondage, out of Babylon. God anointed Ezra to bring them back. When they would come back and they begin to build, they begin to set the foundation of the temple. They were, they was crying out of the young people. And the older priest who was there, they were crying because they seen that the temple that was being built was never going to reach or to see the magnitude or, or the, see the splendor of Solomon's temple. See, a lot of times we get this idea that God's impressed with how our buildings look. 
God is more impressed with how our hearts look than the way our buildings do. And what it was, there was a generation there who was crying and weeping and praising God for the temple being built. And there was ones who were there who was saying when the temple was being built that they were crying with anguish because it, they thought it could never be what it used to be because it didn't look the same. But you got to see something here. There was a generation who had seen Solomon's temple. They had seen the glory being poured out in Solomon's temple. They had seen how the Spirit of God moved in that. And they was trying to match everything. They wasn't worried about so much. They didn't remember so much anything about the Spirit. They remembered the, the look of Solomon's temple. But here you had a generation that had been brought up that had never heard anything, that had never done nothing but heard. They had been in captive all their lives. They had been raised up in captive. All they had ever heard was how God's spirit moved. So for them, they was finally beginning to see in reality what they had always heard that had happened in their in their life, they was beginning to be come to a place of where they could experience the presence of God. Somebody needs to get excited about being able to experience the presence of God. Not just hear about the presence of God. Listen, when you come into a place where the power and the anointing and the Spirit of God is moving and the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit is prevalent, don't you take it for granted. It costs something to get it there. Somebody had to pray. Somebody had to fast. Somebody, somebody had to be willing to be a carrier of the presence of God. Somebody had to be willing to put things aside and to allow the presence. And I thank God for this older generation. I thank God that you was allow allowed God to use you and allowed you the Spirit of God to rest on you and the power of God to move in your hearts and your life to bring us into a place to where the anointing could flow. Because it's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the anointing that's going to change us. It's the anointing that's going to do this for us. We must have the anointing. Oh, man. Whew. I wrote down some things. The anointing calls us to stand before great men. The anointing will turn success into significance. How many of you know David was successful at being king when he was king of Judah? He could have settled right there because God had anointed God had anointed him and the and the and the people of Judah had anointed him to be king in Hebron and he could have settled right there. Some of you settle for the things that you have found to be comfortable or you settle with success God hasn't called us to settle for success God don't want us to just be successful he wants us to be significant and so David the Bible says that the sons of Issachar came because they realized the signs of the times they realized it was time for God to do 
what he said he would do. They realized and they went back and they studied the prophecy that had been prophesied over David when David had been anointed to be king over all Israel. David was not just anointed to be king over Judah. He was anointed to be king over all of Israel. David could have settled. He was successful. Everything was going good for David. David, uh, David was there in Hebron and he was being plenty successful. But David realized that he needed to be and fulfill the prophecy that had been prophesied over him that he was to be king over all of Israel. So David allowed them again, once again, the third anointing come upon David. When David was anointed to be king, he took over Jebus, which was Jerusalem. He took it over. The Jebusites had set up in there, and they had told David, said, the blind or the lame can't, can't come in here. He said, you can't come in here. The blind and the lame will keep you out. Now, they said that mocking David because David said those things about his God, about their God, because he said they served a God, they served gods who could not see and could not hear. That's the reason they said the deaf, the blind, and the lame will keep you out of here. David said, you serve gods that can't walk, and you serve gods that can't see nor hear. And so they and so they said this will keep you out. But David went up and overtook. The Bible says that he overtook. And he took the place and the anointing brought him into the place, but David did not settle for that. He did not settle for just being there because David understood that though he was anointed to be king, and though that God had placed him there, it wasn't for him to just settle to be there. God don't want us to just settle by being somewhere. David said, where is the Ark of the Covenant? Here's the thing that we need to understand, that God hasn't brought us to a place so that we could just settle. He hasn't brought us to a place where we can just hang out. Well, it's a, it was anointed. God has anointed me to be here. David could have said, well, God has anointed me to be here, so here I am. I'm king. No, David said, no, I'm not settling for this because I can't be what God has called me to be without his presence. I need to find out where his presence is. And the Bible says that they said he, it's at Abinadab's house. So David went after the presence of the Lord. And he brought the presence of the Lord into Jerusalem. And I want you to see this because when the presence of God got there, things began to change for Jerusalem. Things begin to happen. When the anointing of God comes in, things begin to happen. Things begin to change. Things begin to move. Because what God has for his people is going to break forth. And all of a sudden, things that you have to struggle for, the breakthroughs that you have to struggle for, suddenly become easy. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of the anointing of the Spirit of God. Things that we've tried to do on our own, things that we've prayed for for years that are not happening, all of a sudden begins to happen. Because why? Because the anointing, makes a difference. The anointing changes the situation. The anointing takes what you can't do and turns it into what God can do. 
The anointing makes it to where you're not relying on your own self, but you're relying on God and saying, God, I'm placing everything in your hands today. God, I need you. I need your spirit. I am nothing without you, but with you, God, everything can change. Everything in your family. Hallelujah. Listen. Some of the most some of the most messed up people right now are messed up because the enemy seen an anointing on their life and brought an attack against them. And they didn't have a relationship close enough with God to sustain them, and they fell away. But I believe that God's about to change some things because all is not lost. God's about to renew some people. God's about to fulfill some people's destiny because the enemy thought he had them forever. But I've got good news for you. Because my Bible reads that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. God's going to give somebody the ability to dream again. God's going to give somebody the ability to live again. Though they may have seemed like that they was dead and they was undone and they was finished and the devil had them. God's going to bring life and he's going to breathe life back into them. Some of you have lost lost hope. You've lost all hope in everything that is around you. But I'm here to tell you today that there's a spirit of life here. There's an anointing that's going to bring life. There's an anointing that's going to bring a sustain that's going to sustain you and keep you. It's going to hold you and minister to you. Raise you up. When people get to the point, listen, I've always tried to put this in the back of my mind and just dwell on this and think about this. There's nothing that the enemy won't try to take from you. But if the enemy is not fighting you, if the enemy is not bothering you, You might want to check up on your relationship. But when the enemy comes in, you need a word. You need to understand that when the enemy comes in, the Spirit of the Lord will rise up against him. You need to realize that you're not fighting your battle by yourself. You need to realize that there's one who is fighting for you that has never lost a battle. He's not about to begin with you. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you out to dry. But no, he will sustain you in the midst of the storm. When everything is falling apart, he will keep you held together. And it might just be that God is trying To get you in a position to where you don't have nowhere else to look but to him. And where better can you look 
He might be trying to get you to settle, stop settling for dry seasons. And start getting into a place to where you're saying, God, I don't know what I need to do. But get me, break me, bend me, mold me, do whatever it is. Anoint me to be what you want me to be and what you have designed me to be. Anoint me to be the cup. Anoint me to be the vessel that you've designed me to be, God. That I can have the anointing in my life that will make a difference in somebody else's. Because I want to submit to you that God is not making us into vessels so that we can just merely receive the anointing and walk out of this place and not do anything with it. But he's anointed us and filling us with his spirit that we can go out of this place and make a difference and be poured out into somebody else's life. I'm asking God that he empty me out every day of my life. problem today you got too many flies in the oil it's stagnated there's nothing worse than going to the altar to get prayed for and reaching out and grabbing an old bottle of stinking rancid oil to put on somebody's head we need fresh oil we need a fresh anointing We need something that we can reach into that is fresh and powerful and mighty and has a scent and an aroma that signifies that we are in the presence of an almighty God who brings change to our lives. The anointing makes the difference. So what are we going to do with this anointing? It's brought about in our lives to bring change to other people. Stop wandering around your house and moping around your house like you can't do nothing about the situations that are going on around your house. When God has placed his spirit inside of you to where you can walk the floors and you can pray and you can begin to prophesy, you speak life into those things that look like it's death. You speak you speak the power of God into your children's life. You speak over them. I can never forget or get out of my mind the days when I was like 16 and 17 years old and I was doing things that I didn't have any right to do or acting the way I, I shouldn't do, acting anything but like what God had, had designed me to do but I could go into my house at any time you just about and hear my mama in the back room of a storage room where she had cleared out her out of prayer closet and, and praying and seeking after God and she would pray and she would lay hands on my name and she would pray for me and she would begin to speak out to the things of God and begin to prophesy things over my life and I couldn't understand it. I would go in through the back door sometimes and hear my name mentioned the hair on the back of my head would stand up and I would run out the door because of the conviction that was in that house. I'm telling you that when the anointing comes in our lives, it'll bring conviction on other people and it'll bring a change in us for the good. It's the best build, uh, let me just say this, it's the best business building 
that you'll ever have. The anointing. There's several people in here that have started new businesses, and I praise God for it. God's doing, God's doing a work here. But the best business, the best promotion that you can have is the anointing because people are drawn to the anointing. I like what John Wesley said. He said, set yourself on fire and people will come watch you burn. If we'll set ourselves on fire with the power and the Spirit of God and we have this mandate from God. The priests in the Old Testament had a mandate to keep fresh oil in the lamps. How many of you know that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? We have a mandate from God to keep fresh oil burning in our hearts and in our lives. In this day society, there's so many who are, there, there's preacher after preacher every week who are resigning their churches and giving up their churches. Quitting. Giving up. Men of God that God's called in churches. I'm not just talking about preachers. I'm talking about elders. I'm talking about deacons are giving up, just throwing it away because they don't feel worthy. Listen, I want to tell you something. God has, God has called you. God has placed you here. God's placed his anointing on you. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. You surge forward because, listen, we don't need man's approval. We need God's approval. And if you got his approval, it's going to be all right. Amen? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. The anointing makes a difference. The anointing changes things. It changed David's life forever. It changed Jehu. It changes situations. The anointing, when it's placed on somebody's life and God prophesies and says certain things. How many of you know that Elisha, when Elisha was following Elijah. Elijah turned around and said, what is it that you would ask of me? He said, would you ask for my anointing? He said, oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't want your anointing. I want twice what you have. And he said, you ask a hard thing. He said, but nevertheless, he said, if you see me when I'm taken up, It'll be so. And about that time, a whirlwind separated him and Elisha. And Elisha watched. Elijah went up and the mantle fell. And Elisha reached down, picked up the mantle, went back to the Jordan where they had just crossed, struck 
the Jordan River and waters parted just like they did for Elijah. The anointing makes a difference, folks. But Elisha had a promise that he would see twice as many miracles as Elijah seen. That he would do twice as many. Well, it got down because Elijah did 16. And Elijah, Elisha in his life did 31. Somebody said, well, that was pretty good. 31 out of 32, that's, that's pretty good. But God still is a God that fulfills his promises. And there was a battle one day, and they took a dead man and threw him in this tomb where Elisha's bones were. And when they threw him in, when his body hit the bones of Elisha, he jumped up and come running out and passed up those soldiers. <laughs> God will fulfill his promises. Even when it looks like it's too far gone. Some of you have family members that you feel like they're too far gone. And I'm here to tell you today that some of your family members has already gone on. But God's still answering their prayers. And you are one of those prayers that they've been, they prayed for. They prayed for you. And you're here this morning. And God wants to release his anointing on you. He wants to bring change to your life. Things that you couldn't do before and things that you've had to just sit back and watch happen. I'm convinced that God's brought you to this place today for change to take place to where you don't just have to watch things happen anymore. But now you can attack your adversary. Not with your own strength, but under the anointing and the power of God. If that's you, I want you to come. I want every one of you will to come. You need God to touch you in your life. You need the anointing to bring breakthrough. Jesus comes up on this guy who's blind. 
And his disciples asked him, said, Who sinned? This man or his parents? Jesus looked at him and said, Neither one. He's like this, that the glory of God might be revealed in him. See, I believe that there's some things that doctors can't do. And only God can do. And wants to do that his glory be revealed. And I believe God's going to do that this morning in your life. I believe God's going to bring about a change. You're in a hopeless situation right now. They haven't given you any hope. But I want to tell you this. There's an anointing that destroys the yoke and lifts the burden. And God's Word always, always will overcome facts. just the way it is. I'm believing with all of my heart that when I lay hands on you, that fatigue is going to leave your body. You're going to begin to feel better. Because you're going to start getting the oxygen that you need. You're going to start getting the blood flow that you need. Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, for healing in her body. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we praise you and we thank you for it, Lord God. Father, it's your anointing, Lord God, that makes the difference, Lord Jesus. And Father, I praise you right now, Lord God, for total healing in her heart, Lord God. Lord God.